If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. Dolce Jubilo from Pretorius Mass for Christmas morning. You certainly recognize the melody. Now sing we now rejoice the hymn that ends, Oh that we were there, oh that we were there. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be studying the Christmas hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice with Pastor Will Whedon. Then an hour from now we'll replay an interview on holiday depression with clinical psychologist Dr. Beverly Yonke. Pastor Will Whedon is assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois. He formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He's author of the books, Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands, and he hosts the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Todd. Let's deal with the last line first, if we could, to kind of set this in perspective. This plaintive cry at the end of this joyous hymn, Oh, that we were there, oh, that we were there. How should we as Lutherans, who have a, an understanding of the incarnation and of Christ's incarnation that continues to be given to us in the divine service, how should we be singing that line, Oh, that we were there? Well, I mean, we do have participation in heaven already now by these great gifts that God gives us here in this age through the means of grace. But there's this aching inside of every Christian to be done with the foretaste, if you will, and to enjoy the main feast. The teasing taste of the appetizers have been fabulous, and we celebrate and rejoice in them. But my goodness, 
we want to be able to see with our eyes the dear Redeemer's face, to see with our eyes those who have been raised from the dead and brought into eternal glory or families and friends who have died and entered into the kingdom. And we want to be able to see the whole creation renewed and brought to the shining glory of God. And when you think about all the blessing that's waiting you there, yeah, you, you just explode with, I, I, I just want to be there. I want to be there now. And this hymn just so captures that. This is what Paul he was crying this out, you know, that that uh, it's better to depart and be with the Lord. That, that's the better thing. That's what I really want to do. But I guess I need to stay here with you guys for a little while longer. <laughs> what do we know of the authorship of this hymn? This is a really weird one. Take it for what it's worth. According to legend, the author heard the angel sing this carol <laughs> to each other. It was a 14th century Dominican friar and mystic. Heinrich Zoysa, or Henry Susel, Zoysa recorded the events in his own autobiography. Listen to this. Now, on the night before the Feast of All Angels, it seemed to him in a vision that he had heard angelic strains and sweet heavenly melody, and this filled him with such gladness that he forgot all his sufferings. Then one of the angels said to him, Behold, with what joy! Thou dost hear us sing the song of eternity. Even so, with like joy, do we hear thee sing the song of the venerable eternal wisdom. Now this same angel came up to the servitor, to Zoysa, right blithely, and said that God had sent him down to bring him heavenly joys amid his sufferings, adding that he must cast off all his sorrows from his mind and bear them company, and that he must also dance with them in heavenly fashion. Then they drew him up by the hand into the dance, and the youth began a joyful ditty about the infant Christ, which runs thus, in dulci jubilo, etc. When the servitor heard the dear sweet name of Jesus sounding thus sweetly, he became so blithesome in heart and feeling that the very memory of his sufferings vanished. It was a joy to him to see how exceedingly lawfully and freely they bounded in the dance. The leader of the song knew right well how to guide them, and he sang first, and they sang after him in the jubilee of their hearts. Thrice the leader repeated the burden, the refrain of the song, ergo merito, etc. This dance was not of a kind like those danced in this world, but it was a heavenly movement swelling up and falling back again into the wild abyss of God's hiddenness. I mean, so you can see, the guy writing it clearly is a mystic, but what an experience he describes there. And clearly this is the, uh, you know, what sort of stands in the background of this hymn, which is really weird. And I want us to begin with that beautiful thing from Pretorius, because I think he captures this whole legend of how this song came to be in the way that it's being sung there. You just feel the heavenly dance circling around you. And if you're not familiar, folks, you really do need to make it a tradition of your own to go and listen to the entire Mass for Christmas Day of Pretorius. It's one of my traditions. We get home from church. I want to put that order on the iPad and listen to it all the way through from start to finish. It is a glorious thing. The Indulci Jubilo closes the thing out. So let's deal with the fact that I'm calling it Indulci Jubilo, and it's called Now Sing Me, Now Rejoice. So the text itself was originally in both Latin and German. 
Macaronic is the technical word for that. So let me give you the first stanza as it stood originally, and you can hear the difference. I'll try to make them clear in the way I say it. In dulci jubilo, non singet un sei froh, unsers Herzen wohner light. In presepio, un leuchtet wie die Sonne, matris in cremio, alpha e seto. I mean, I'm trying to make the distinction in the languages theory. The languages are dancing together as the song goes on. And this macaronic music was actually characteristic of a lot of Lutheran music. And this Christmas, our choir is singing Salite. It's another one that does this exact same thing. Salite unigenitur Christo Dei Filio Redemptori Domino Puerlo Iacentes in Presepio. Sing to the only begotten Christ, the Son of God, the Redeemer of the world, lying in the little crib. All that in, in Latin. And then, without any kind of a hint, it just moves into Ein kleines Kinderlein liegt in dem Krippelein. Alla lieber Engelein dienen dem Kinderlein und singen ihm fine. So, you know, to German, a, a little baby lies in the little manger, and the uh, dear little angel served the little child and sing to him beautifully, you know, and then right back into the Latin. So playing around with the language in the dance itself. I mean, you can hear the piece dance along. And just sort of a, as an aside on this, Luther, in his speaking and writing, actually did a lot of this. He'd be trucking along just fine in German, and then out of his mouth will come a string of Latin, and then without you know missing a beat, he flips back into German again. And some older editions of Luther's works, it's really easy to spot this going on because they print the German in Frachter type, and then they print the Latin words in Roman type. But this kind of uh, playing with the words is even picked up by Nikolai in his great book, The Joy of Eternal Life, which in many ways is a commentary on this entire hymn. In it, I just want to read one little paragraph. What great joy and bliss there must be where the whole heavenly host answer him with jubilation, where angels are singing Nova Cantica, and where the bells are ringing in Regis Curia where they cry out to one another with a loud cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, and before the high majesty of God, everyone from among the children of light, out of fervent love, humbles himself, pours out his heart with joy toward him, and speaks as follows, and then he gives some beautiful words of praise. Matthew Carver, when he translated, added a little note on that passage I just read. He said, here and following, the Latin phrases meaning new songs and in the king's court, respectively, are from the mixed language hymn in Dulci Jubilo. And this hymn is a recurring theme in Nikolai's book, including the hymnody at the end. So this uh, kind of playing with the Latin and the German together in a very dance-like fashion is a way of expressing the unspeakable joy which Christ's birth brings to us, our Savior has truly come. What would you say the main texts are? Oh, I was praying you wouldn't ask me that question because I've got like 25 of them that we'll work through as we go through it. Honestly, this is probably a Revelation 5 is, is like the ultimate main text here. You remember there's the book that's sealed. The scroll is sealed. Nobody can break into it. And and John's crying. You know, nobody can break in. But then he's told, don't we? Look, here comes here comes the, the lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is able to open the scroll. And once he opens the scroll, once the lamb who has been slain 
and is risen in victory, opens up the scroll of history, then this explosion, this cascade of praise begins. And, you know, with the four living creatures and then moving on to the redeemed and then all the angels. And by the end of it, everybody is joining in. It's just this big explosion of praise. That's in Dolce Jubilo. That's now sing, we now rejoice. The first stanza we'll get to on the other side of the break as we study now sing, we now rejoice with Pastor Will Whedon. Now sing, we now rejoice. Now raise to heaven our voice. He from whom joy streameth, poor in a manger lies, not so brightly beameth the sun in yonder skies. Thou my Savior art, thou my Savior art. Listen to the best of the church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, LutheranPublicRadio.org. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start. The Foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. Casting Christ's Net on the Internet. You're listening to Issues Etc. Hope Lutheran Church in West Jordan, Utah is a congregation that embraces the doctrinal and liturgical heritage of the Reformation. If you're coming to Utah to ski in the best snow on earth, or if you're coming here to see the wonders of God's creation in our national parks, or if you call the Salt Lake Valley your home, we would love to have you join us for Bible class and Sunday school at 930 and the Divine Service at 1030. We also offer a midweek service Wednesday nights at 7. You can find us online at westjordanlutherans.org. Memoria Press is a worldwide leader in the publishing of classical Christian education. We have everything you need for students in kindergarten through 12th grade, and our materials can be used in any classroom setting to suit your needs. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 to save $5 at checkout. Memoria Press. Saving Western Civilization, one student at a time. Lutheran Public Radio Choir with the hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice. We're studying this Christmas hymn with Pastor Will Whedon. Will, what would you say of this first stanza? 
Oh, there's a couple of textual things to note first. Poor Mary got cut out of the stanza to make the English rhyme work a little bit better. If you translated it literally, the last bit would run, and he shines like the sun in his mother's lap. A beautiful, beautiful statement there. And I don't know why, but thou my savior art is actually not there in the original text. It's alpha est eto. You, this little baby who's shining there, who's laying in the manger and who's bringing joy into all the world by his presence. This little baby who's in his mother's arms is shining brighter than the sun in the skies. This little baby, he is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. That's who he is. And that recognition is what leads to all of the joy springing forth. So some scripture passages that sort of uh, dance around my head as I sing this stanza and think about it. First of all, Psalm 98, verse 4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. The presence of Christ in the earth set off an explosion of singing like there has never been in the history of the world before. Oh, men sang before Christ came, of course, of course. But nothing like the singing that has taken place since then. The entire artifice of Western music is built upon the fact that Jesus Christ came in the flesh as the source of all joy. And the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, has come down into human flesh and blood. That is the source of the church's unquenchable joy, and it literally released an explosion of song that continues to reverberate to this day. Psalm 16, verse 11, why do we have this joy? Well, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In the present, joy is a byproduct of being in the presence of God. You don't get joy by chasing after joy. You get joy by being in the presence of the God who has come in his mercy and grace to save you. Similarly, Isaiah 12, verse 6, Shout, sing for joy, inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Right there in the middle of us, in humanity, in human flesh and blood, there you can see him. He comes, the God of Israel, and that is what sparks this great joy for all the inhabitants of Zion. Similarly, Isaiah 51, verse 3. I love this verse. The Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. So this is Hebrew parallelism. So Eden and the garden of the Lord, what are they like? Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of a song. Eden is restored where joy and thanksgiving and singing abound. So when Jesus comes among us, he is planting his Eden here again on this earth. Like you said uh, at the beginning, proleptically we only experience, we experience it in faith. But we know that we truly do experience it, and it's only this teasing taste of this greater joy that's coming. We could also obviously have Isaiah 60 here in the background. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines on you. Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord rises on you. His glory will be seen on you. Think about the joy of that 
being fulfilled, like for example, when the Magi come and see the child in the house with Mary, his mother. Similarly, the great prophecy from Malachi 2, that the day's coming, burning like an oven, when the arrogant and the all evildoers will be stubble, the day that's coming is going to set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, S-U-N, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings or in its rays. You'll go leaping out like calves from the stall. Beautiful, beautiful promise that the one in, in the hymn, when we sing to Christ in his mother's arms, in his mother's lap and lying there in the manger and confess that the light that's shining from them, the joy that's beaming from him is the light of this sun, which brings righteousness into the earth. Similarly, we can't leave without dealing with Luke, right? Luke 1, in the great hymn of Zechariah, he sings, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring, the sunrise from on high will visit us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. That light was dawning already for Zechariah. He knew it was in his house inside of Mary's womb. And then Luke 2, 7, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She laid him in the manger because they didn't have a place in the inn. And then the great light of the angel shining that night and saying to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. It's a good news of a great joy. And it's a great joy for all people. To you is born this day a savior. Christ the Lord. And one last passage to think about. Well, I mean, I didn't put in the Revelation passages with the Alpha and Omega, but they tie in too. But then just Matthew 7, remember how Jesus was transfigured and his face began to shine and it shone like the sun and his clothes became gleaming white. The hymn kind of pictures a transfiguration of human flesh already there in the baby at his birth. A joyous, beautiful picture. I wanted to, before we go on to stanza two, deal with one issue here, and that is, this is common in our Christmas hymnody and the way we depict the nativity. Often Jesus is in a spotlight. We'll talk about how, you know, he's in a, a dark stable or however we depict this. And then when we go to depict it in artwork or in hymnody, the baby is shining. The baby is shining. So what are we trying to confess when we do this, because we know that he didn't glow, he didn't have a light bulb inside of him. What are we confessing about this child? In this child, the glory of God is literally tabernacling. Think about how John put that in, in chapter one, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what is the glory of God? It is this unfathomable love, his self-giving, which he comes into the flesh to pour out for us. You look at the manger and its wood, and you cannot escape that this is this child is bound for the wood of the cross. And there, in that darkness too, a light's going to shine. It's going to be the greatest light that ever shone in this whole world. It's the light of the divine love of God that gives himself to humanity, pouring out his blood to wipe out our sins and open up to us a share in the kingdom. It's a beautiful picture. So whenever we talk about the child shining, you know, <laughs> Well, I think it's Silent Night says it, right? The, 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 the love beams from his holy face. That's what's beaming. So here's the second stanza. Come from on high to me, I cannot rise to thee. Cheer my wearied spirit, O pure and holy child. Through thy grace and merit, bless Jesus, Lord, most mild. Draw me unto thee, draw me unto thee. 
Pastor Whedon, what is this stanza about? It starts out with this beautiful recognition that Jesus has an origin way beyond the moment he showed up there in Bethlehem, that the eternal son has to come from on high. He comes from on high and he comes to me. Notice that personal joy that's ringing through the hymn. He comes from on high to me. And then the confession, I can't rise to you. So I have no ability to get to you. So you came to me. In the background here, Genesis 3, 15, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So there's going to come this seed of the woman. We can't produce him. He's going to have to come from on high. Genesis 3, 24 also, then the Lord drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. I can't get to him. There is something that blocks the way, the holiness of this angel with his sword turning this way and that, blocking the way back into Eden, back into that immediate presence of God. We can't get into it. We can't create it on our own. He's going to have to do it for us. And so Genesis 28, right? Jacob there dreaming the ladder on the earth, and there at the top of it, There's the Lord and the angels of God were climbing up and down on it. And Jacob's lying there on the ground and the Lord says, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and of the God of Isaac, the land you're lying on, I'm going to give to you and to your offspring and your offspring are going to be like the dust. They're going to spread to the east and to the west, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your offspring, all the families of the earth, all of them will be blessed. I'm with you. I will keep you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you. And remember, Jacob, he doesn't quite get it. He thinks it's that place, it's Bethel. It must be that location that's the special thing. He doesn't realize, no, dude, you are the special thing. You are a rung on the ladder by which the Almighty God is stepping down into human flesh and blood in order that he might be a blessing to all the families of the earth. It's going to pass right through Jacob until Jacob's descendant, Jesus, is born. So he comes down all the way down the ladder to us and his feet stand on the earth. And then through thy grace and merit, remember back to the John's prologue, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. It's glory that can only belong to the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is the one of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Of his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth come to us through Jesus Christ. So the free gift is what Jesus comes to bestow. He is the gift, and he bestows in himself the gift of forgiveness upon humanity. St. Paul kind of reflects on all of that when he explodes at the beginning of Ephesians with that opening barakah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Right back to the vision with Jacob again, right? Blessing. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. 
draw me unto thee, that, that reminds you of Jesus' words in John 6, 44. Hey, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Or Jesus' own words in John 12, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I'm going to draw all people to myself. So the Son comes down into human flesh and blood to give the gift of his merit and grace and in this kind gift to draw us to himself. We are studying the hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice, with Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. On the other side stands a three. Now through his Son does shine the Father's grace divine. Death was reigning o'er us through sin and vanity till he opened for us a bright eternity. May we praise him there, may we praise him there. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. You're personally invited to join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in celebrating the theme, Just As I Am, January 14th through the 20th during Life Week 2024. Each theme day will explore a distinct aspect of life ministry through local activities, online educational events, interviews, and more. Find out more at lutheransforlife.org. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org. When pastors talk about us, they say ad crucem. When laity mention us, they say ad crucem. When telemarketers call us, they say ADC Rucam. But a Luther Rose by any name will smell as sweet. Ad crucem is the place to go. For greeting cards and artwork, jewellery and ornaments, housewares, church certificates, church banners, and much more, visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. With the oldest deaconess program of the LCMS, Concordia University Chicago has fully certified young women for the deaconess vocation for more than 40 years. I'm Deaconess Kristen Wasilak, Program Director for Deaconess Studies. Help us identify the next generation of servants to care for souls, engage our communities in mercy, and teach God's Word. Learn more about Concordia Chicago's Deaconess Program today at cuchicago.edu. cuchicago.edu. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Ascension of Christ Lutheran, Beverly Hills, Michigan, Concordia Lutheran, Wilmington, Delaware, Grace Lutheran, Clarksville, Tennessee, Emmanuel Lutheran, Fairview, Texas, Messiah Lutheran, Keller, Texas, Our Savior Lutheran, Westminster, Massachusetts, Redeemer Lutheran, Mandeville, Louisiana, St. John Lutheran, Paulina, Iowa, St. Paul Lutheran, Munster, Indiana, and Trinity Lutheran, Rock Springs, Wyoming. 
Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click support, donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Lutheran Public Radio Choir withstands the three of the Christmas hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice. It's from a new recording of 15 Christmas and Epiphany hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. We'll send you this recording and our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, for a year-end gift of $250 or more. You can make a secure online donation at issuesetc.org. You can also make a financial contribution by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc., and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Thanks for listening, and thanks for including Issues Etc. in your year-end giving. Pastor Whedon, what would you say about this third stanza? The Father's grace is what is shining through the sun. That is such a beautiful thought. Luther kind of picks that up in another hymn, if you remember. Dear Christians, when in all rejoice, God said to his beloved Son, It's time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown and bring to all salvation from sin and sorrow, set them free. Slay bitter death for them, that they may live with you forever. That's the exact kind of grace that's being celebrated here. In the Son, we realize the Father's kind, great goodwill to humanity, that he would send his Son into the flesh for us. This is what Paul is marveling at in Titus 2, for example, which is one of the... uh, options for the, uh, it's actually the epistle for, I think, Christmas morning. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In Jesus Christ, the grace of God appears, and it appears to bring salvation for all people. And that salvation is sort of described there as rescuing us from the consequences of that sin and vanity that the stanza of our hymn sings about. Similarly, in Titus 3, this is hugely in the background as well, When the goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not by works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Baptism gives you this promise and gift of an eternal inheritance, a bright eternity, which he opens up for us. Let's think a little bit about death was reigning 
for us. That's language borrowed directly from St. Paul, of course. Romans 5, he writes, For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love that, especially that leading there. There is this sense of, you get in the hymn, of you're being tugged toward the dance of eternity. You're being tugged toward this joyful celebration that the angels were participating in and that this fellow got to hear and see. And, and that's what, where God is, is leading us. I also think of the way that Hebrews speaks about death. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. When you're not afraid of dying anymore because you know that God has opened up for you a bright eternity through what his son has accomplished and done for you, then all you want to do is go there and be with him and praise him there. And Jesus has promised that that's where you're going to be. John 14, right? Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me and my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That's the heart of this hymn. Lord, we want to be where you are. We want to be there and see you face to face. Jesus also promised, of course, in John 6, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anybody eats of this bread, he is going to live forever. And the bread that I will give for you for the life of the world is my flesh. And finally, Revelation 22, the beautiful description of what it will be like. No longer is there going to be anything cursed. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him, sing his praises. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They're not going to need light from some lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. That's what Jesus opened for us. He freed us from death's reign. And he brought us into this reign of eternal joy in him. The fourth stanza, where shall joy be found, where but on heavenly ground, where the angels singing with all his saints unite, sweetest praises bringing in heavenly joy and light, oh that we were there, oh that we were there.
the final stanza of the Christmas hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice. What does this final stanza bring us? This warns us against trying to find the joy of our life in just the things of this world, right? Joy is not going to be found here. It's going to be found in heavenly ground. Now, a poet long centuries before captured this, St. John of Damascus, when he wrote this hymn. Listen to these shocking words. What earthly joy remains untouched by grief? What glory stands forever on the earth? Frail shadows, all delusive dreams, which death will one day sweep away. But in the light of your countenance, O Christ, and in the enjoyment of your beauty, give rest to those whom you have chosen and taken, for you are the lover of mankind. Earthly joy there in contrast to heavenly joy. This hymn is singing the heavenly joy. And that's what makes it so absolutely wonderful. If you, all you have is earthly joy, well, there's a tombstone that had on it, it is a fearful thing to love what death can touch. And it truly is. It truly is. Everything here on the earth is going to be taken away. And if that's where your joy is, you're not going to have a joy that lasts forever. But the joy of the saints is different. It's the joy that we have in Jesus himself. Revelation 7. And one of the elders addressed me, who are these clothed in these white robes? Where have they come from? And I said, sir, you know. And he said, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation, the big trouble. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve him, sing to him, worship him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They're not going to hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. The lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. Delightful jumbling of image there. He will guide them to the springs of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So that's what this stands us praying for. It's like, Bring us to that heavenly joy where we get to sing with all the saints. I mentioned earlier that the probably the sort of the foundational scripture passage is the one from Revelation 5. And then when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fall down before the lamb, each holding a harp with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's saints. They sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and with your blood you've ransomed people to God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Notice they sang that new song in the original Latin of this stanza. That's the reference to the new song, the Cantica Nova, that's being sung. And then, and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God. They're going to reign on the earth. And then as John looks around the throne, the four living creatures, the elders, all these angels start joining in, voices of angels, numbering myriads of myriads, thousands of thousands, and they're all saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then, then it gets even bigger and he hears not just the creatures in heaven, but every creature in heaven and on earth and even under the earth and in the sea, everything in them is singing together to the one who sits on the throne, to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and the four living creatures are all adding their amen. And the elders, who are the sign of the church there, they fall down and they worship the Lamb. All creation gets to get in on this joyous singing to the Lamb. 
Christ came into the world to gather singers to join the heavenly chorus. The, the song that is sung in heaven might have a human component as well as an angelic component, and that it would all center on him and the great works which he has done. Heavenly joy and light. Well, that should remind you of Isaiah 26. Your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake, sing for joy. Get up from the dead and start singing, singing the joy of your heart. Your dew is a dew of light. The earth gives birth to her dead. And of course, oh, that we were there. Oh, that we were there. Philippians 1. I'm hard pressed between the two, Paul says. I want to go home and be with Christ. I know that's better, but... I think it's more needful for you that I remain here. But my heart is to be there where he is. That's a beautiful promise. When we come back, we're going to hear the entire Christmas hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice, and we'll get some final thoughts from Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned. week on the word of the Lord endures forever, we dive into Colossians with word of truth, redemption, the forgiveness of sins, preeminence of Christ, Paul's ministry, and God's mystery. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for the word of the Lord endures forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Expert guests, expansive topics, extolling Christ. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Confessional Lutherans are invited to rent a four-bedroom, three-bathroom Table Rock lakefront home in the Ozarks. Table Rock Lake is a premier lake in the heart of the Ozarks for boating, water sports, and fishing. This log cabin-style rental sleeps 12 and is 30 minutes from Branson and 20 minutes from Silver Dollar City. Learn more by calling Swanson Estates, 713-855-2681. Be sure to mention Issues Etc., 713-855-2681. Thank you. 
That's the Lutheran Public Radio Choir with the hymn, Now Sing We Now Rejoice. We're studying this Christmas hymn with Pastor Will Whedon. Will, your final thoughts on this hymn? Actually, I want to kind of let the final thoughts be Philip Nicolai's, if I can. He wrote in that beautiful book, uh, The Joy of Eternal Life, he writes, For God the Father is love itself and a truly loving Father toward all who are called children in heaven and on earth. But the elect as children of God resemble their heavenly father. And as the father loves them better than fathers, mothers, men, and angels, so they also love him with perfect counter love according to the measure given them in a sincere and childlike manner. This is moreover a true heavenly joy that lasts forever and never ends. The fervent eyes of God, the father, forever lighten and shine and flash with majestic and fervent love. And he reveals the fullness of this great love and divine brightness in his Son. And through the Son shines on the hearts of all the elect citizens of heaven, acknowledges them all as his children, and sees in them as in a clear spotless mirror the beautifully formed reflection of his divine being, which is called love. The blessed as glorified children of God surround it with divine brightness in turn. Behold with glad pure eyes the face of the Father as he is in Christ, his Son, the wondrously comforting being who is called love itself or the Father's love. Now I ask you, hearing that, how could you not be singing, oh, that we were there, oh, that we were there. Pastor Will Whedon is assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois. He formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, He is author of the books, Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands, and he hosts the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Todd. Folks, be sure to listen to sacred Christmas music during the 12 days of Christmas, anytime, anywhere, at lutheranpublicradio.org. Amazon Alexa, Google Home, Apple HomePod, or the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the Christmas season. When we return, we'll discuss holiday depression with clinical psychologist Dr. Beverly Yonke. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay with us. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. In a world awash with all sorts of information, opinions, and ideas, there is still a place where God's Word is the central and only focus. Messiah Lutheran Church, 801 North Madison, Lebanon, Illinois. At 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, God's people gather there to listen to Him. There you will find His words of law and gospel, and of course, our Lord's Holy Supper. Bible classes focus on the Bible and the Lutheran confessions. Come, listen, believe, and live, and check out our website at messiahlebanon.org. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep. 
scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. A year ago, my wife and I returned to America from five years of ministry in Karachi, Pakistan. I cannot adequately express how wonderful it was listening to Lutheran Public Radio's music broadcast each Sunday morning before church service. We still listen. You can listen to Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the world, anytime, day or night, at lutheranpublicradio.org, Amazon Echo, Google Home, and on the LPR mobile app. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, president of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the Master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well-lived. Truth, freedom, vocation. Concordia University, Chicago. cuchicago.edu organist service, aptly abbreviated SOS, really has come to our rescue. Pastor Jim Holowatch of Christ Lutheran Church in Jackson, Mississippi. With the ever-growing shortage of skilled musicians in our community, we were approaching a real crisis. But thanks to the substitute organist service, help is always just minutes away. With its easy, intuitive interface, friendly customer service, and outstanding musicianship, you really couldn't ask for more. You can find out more about the substitute organist service at churchmusicsolutions.com. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways.